Hello, hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of a Fast360 Pod session. On today's show, we have Lebo Mokabudi, a financial inclusion consultant, passionate about building an inclusive digital economy in Africa. I hope you enjoyed this very interesting chat with Lebo. Good morning, Lebo. How are you today? I'm great, thank you. How are you, Fernando? I'm very well. I can see that you are in a shiny, in a shiny day over there. <laughs> Yes, lovely summer here in South Africa. <laughs> okay, amazing. So, Lebo, you've been accelerating um, digital financial services in many African markets for almost 10 years now. Can you take us through your journey uh, in financial services? Okay, so my journey in digital financial services started largely at Fundamo with a company called Fundamo that was acquired by Visa. And with Fundamo, I was commercializing mobile money in different emerging markets from Pakistan, Nepal, Nigeria, Kenya, Tanzania, Malawi, really all over the place. And that involved either helping a bank, a financial institution who wants to um, um, bank the unbanked or deliver digital financial services in their market, like in, in Pakistan, and helping them really do a market assessment of who, who are the unbanked people, what are their consumer needs, um, how do they do they adopt financial digital financial services, how do they use a phone, do they use it just for SMSing or would they use it for financial services, understanding that, developing a market assess, you know, developing an actual case study for, for mobile money um, and developing a distribution network, what do the distribution network look like? Like, who should they partner with? Should they partner, for example, I remember in Pakistan, we looked at them partnering with, with a petrol petrol company or a fuel company who had the distribution in the areas where people that are unbanked are. Um, and then also we looked at um, company uh, uh, projects where in Nigeria, for example, where they wanted to increase financial inclusion and increase more money. There specifically, it was how do we optimize the existing agent network? So they're already agents, there is more money, but we need to optimize it. And we look at things like this agent network, how do we actually incentivize the agents to do cash-ins and cash-outs, right? What is the right incentive structure? What is the right commission structure? What is the right agent management structure for mobile money to work? So there's lots of different areas when it comes to mobile money, which I'm sure you know, but yeah. it's looking at the agent network, the distribution network, the pricing of, of, the, of the, the actual products, the regulation around it, because sometimes the regulation is inhibiting or actually productive. So, so we looked at really different areas of mobile money and digital financial services with the Fundamo team. Do you believe that digital financial inclusion can trigger a major social and economic impact in Africa? Definitely, definitely. Um, it goes unsaid. So what I really loved about this type of work is that you see the value of it immediately. So you see it, it enables small mom and pop shop or small traders, right, who historically sell, you know, sweets and, and um, tomatoes on the street, but enables them to then sell digital financial services and they really make a lot of money so you see the impact quickly beyond a slide that says you know digital inclusion is great but you you almost transform a small shop that sells sweets and chocolates and whatever to now sell and um, do cashes and cash out and they have an extra um, extra income extra revenue stream they already have the foot traffic they already have the relationship with the people on the ground and now they're selling an extra an, another product so definitely their lives improve, right? Mm -hmm. That's one from a, from a trader point of view. Then from, from the people that actually use um, digital financial services, now the, the, the transport costs, for instance, are cut, right? From their home, they can use, um, you know, use their phone for digital financial services. So they don't have to incur the transport costs, number one. Number two, if it's a good product that actually has the right pricing, <laughs> right, relevant pricing for the unbanked people, then it's effective, right? Yeah. Generally, I mean, even in South Africa, financial services are actually quite expensive, mm -hmm. right? The charge 
bank account fees, all of that, make it too expensive for people that are unbanked to actually use them. So then digital financial services make it more relevant for them. So it so, definitely helps people. So you mentioned that is expensive. Do you think that is related with the high data costs as well? On the continent? Yes. So in South Africa, that, that is part of the problem. I think um, when I compare markets like Kenya and South Africa, South Africa, the data costs are really, really, really expensive. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have the infrastructure right, yep. the infrastructure from a data point of view right, then actually nothing works. So you can build great services and build great products and entrepreneurs build great products. But if the data fees are too high, then it actually doesn't matter, right? And people because can't afford it in that case, right? Exactly. So we've seen it even in Nigeria, like because the network isn't that great, then people session time times out, then the, the, the product doesn't even work that well. Mm -hmm. Yes. And what do you think, of course, we spoke about data, data costs. What else do you think is required to increase uh, financial inclusion uh, in Africa? What, what else needs to be done? Oh, there's so much. <laughs> okay. So um, from an infrastructure point of view, you've definitely talked about the data cost. That is definitely something that needs to be reduced. From a regulation point of view, so currently the regulation um, in most countries, South Africa being one of them, mm -hmm. regulation in banks, right, um, to, to, to do financial services. I think we need to have a tiered, um, tiered structure, tiered licensing structure, where it enables fintech to get licenses. So yep. obviously, the risk that a, the fintech would incur comparatively to a bank is different. So you can't expect a fintech startup to, to adhere to the same licensing rules that a bank does. It just yep. doesn't make sense. Right. So maybe a tiered licensing structure, I think, would be mm -hmm. relevant to enable more people in this market so currently even fintechs have to partner with banks most people have to partner with banks in mm -hmm. order to do anything that can yeah. be limiting um, yeah. we understand that we need to protect people yes we completely understand that, that consumer protection is important um, so you know obviously education around that is also relevant mm -hmm. I think another thing that there is um, financial literacy so yes. there are a lot of out there that are really great but people don't know how to use them and a lot of innovative companies don't focus on teaching the people how to use them or why is this good for you or why is insurance even necessary or how to use it or how to protect yourself right mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. an educated consumer of course will do better for themselves so i think there needs to be more investment from the whole ecosystem on education as a whole education educating the consumer on digital services right on financial services why is it good for them yeah, you mentioned two, to me, two key pillars, which is regulation and financial literacy. And I fully agree with you because we need to get, so you need to get the basics right. We need to make sure that people understand these products, people understand these solutions. So I really believe that those are two very important pillars in terms of making sure that we increase financial inclusion, not only in Africa, but overall in the world, right? Because even in, in developed countries, financial literacy is an issue right? People can be aware of yes. basic financial products, but they're not aware of yes. the wider range of products that they have available and how to use them. So financial literacy yes. to me is really a key pillar to make sure that people really understand the services and the products that pretty much the industry, whether the banks or the fintechs are offering. So I really, I really agree with you on that point. Yeah. So can you take us through the financial inclusion landscape in South Africa right now? So, okay, the financial inclusion landscape. So in South Africa, people are banked. 
right? So you only have about 24% unbanked people. So people are banked, right? But um, having bank accounts does not, does not necessarily mean that you're inclusive. So I think from an industry point of view, we've really focused on having opening bank accounts or opening a financial services account. And that does not mean you are included, <laughs> right? So Correct. in South Africa, have is that people have bank accounts but the minute they get their salaries they 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 cash out right they do a withdrawal so let's talk to the low income consumer um the person the cleaner the security guards you know that 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 level of consumer the minute they get their salaries whether it's on a weekly basis on a monthly basis they tend to withdraw all their income and then pay for food Mm -hmm. um pay for schoolies you know pay for everything they need to pay for so they they don't actually use that bank account as a bank account should be used Mm -hmm. it's largely a cash is still a cash ecosystem um, where people, especially the low income consumer, they buy food using cash. They pay for, you know, pay for their services and anything they need to do using cash. So it is a very a largely cash cash economy. So some can say it's it's inclusive, but it actually isn't. We also have a dual economy where we have a very developed market of great financial services, great banks that work really well, right? But we have another economy, a parallel economy actually that works in parallel, where we have the security guards, the unemployed people. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have a, a large unemployment number in South Africa, and all those people use use cash, right? They don't have financial services that are actually relevant for them. So what do they use? They, they save through stock files, for instance, and um, they save through stock files or savings groups in South Africa, like SUSUs or, um, yeah, SACOs in Kenya, but they mm-hmm. save in groups, they save through those savings groups and then take money out and then buy groceries, right? Using cash. Um, so I do think there still needs to be um, relevant products that are priced appropriately. So currently you do have certain people that are building products for, for financial inclusion. Like you have um, MTN is, is, um, has tried multiple times to, mm-hmm. to launch mobile money as well as Vodacom has launched mobile money. But I think those products have not been relevant the price points have not been relevant, especially even in terms from a usage point of view. Because for mobile money or just financial services to be effective, they need to be usage. It's not just about people registering and opening accounts. Definitely. They need to. I think the market is changing. So what we have now is also retailers are really playing in the market. We have retailers like ShopRite Checkers and Pick mm-hmm. and Pay that are playing in the digital financial services market and are enabling um, remittances. So we have ShopRite, the retailers are enabling um, domestic remittances, enabling people to send money, right, from one province to the other. And that is quite affordable. It goes at about 10 Rand. So that people are using that to send money between each other across the country. Mm-hmm. And that service enables people to send money up across the border to Zimbabwe and Lesotho. Yeah. Um, you have other players um, like Mama Mani and Mukuru that are also enabling cross-border remittances um, in South Africa and the neighboring countries around South Africa. So they, there is a lot of activity happening. Mm-hmm. I think where it will change, where it's going in the future, is probably enabling people to have insurance, right? Um, I think, you know, it's been largely domestic remittances, really. But now the next layer is enabling people to have insurance, um, you know, um, digitally, right? Enable people to lend as well. I think mm-hmm. there is a move to to offer microcredits to people in South Africa um, through digital digital means. All right, Lebo, thank you very much for, for that perspective. Thank you very much for, for your time. It was a, a very insightful chat. Uh, thank you for finding the time. I hope to see you soon in, in London. And keep doing what you're doing. Keep making an impact on the continent. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. Have a lovely day. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.